This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Charlotte, it is wonderful to have you back. It's been a while. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Of course. Thank you for having me. If there's a knock on the door in the next few minutes, it's because I've just spotted some kids doing Halloween uh, <laughs> Halloween knocking. I've got it, fireworks fireworks going off on one end and uh, kids running around at the next. It's, it's not the police knocking at your door to arrest you for anything? Not yet, although that's always in the back of my mind, I must admit. <laughs> well, we will do our best to try and make that a reality for you, if you oh, so wish, you. Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> you can, of course, for the viewers and listeners, follow Charlotte. Uh, that is her handle, at Charlotte Emmett UK. Uh, make sure and follow her for her uh, many escapades and thoughts that she never holds back from speaking her mind on Twitter, on every topic you can conceive of. Uh, Let me see. Let's jump into our uh, first story, and I will just have the chats open. If you're on Getter, I can pull in your Getter comments, so let us know how you're watching, where you're watching. And I see that, uh, I see stateside that War Room have just gone live with us. So it is wonderful to have you with us, the War Room Posse. Uh, Charlotte may be a new guest for you. Uh, it's not your, usually we've had Carly Bonet with us before, and she's War Room Posse, and we've had Ben Hornwell on many times. Charlotte may be new, and um, I'm sure her a grasp of English is a better accent than mine. <laughs> Can't be sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump in the first story. And of course, the big story dominating our headlines is not Ukraine, but it is the Middle East. And this was an interesting tweet. Lots, lots we can pull in on it. Um, we'll see where it goes. And I have no idea what Charter thinks about uh, really a, a lot of this. And that's good fun having guests on a topic that maybe you don't know uh, where it will go. But we'll start on this before moving off to uh, our usual eight or nine different stories. And this is Douglas McGregor, who I have uh, always enjoyed following. Never met the guy, don't know much about him, but he's one of those uh, personalities, one of those accounts that pop up and you enjoy. And he said, avoiding Armageddon at this point, is going to be very difficult. Uh, That was a very full-on tweet. Um, Charlotte, what are your thoughts? We'll we'll go into a a little bit of the maybe the the nitty-gritty. Of course, if you get any of the newspapers today, I was down in my high street and saw they're all on this topic, Israel and the war uh, next door in Gaza against Hamas. Uh, What what are your thoughts on what you've seen over the last week, Charlotte? Yeah, um, well, I guess, first of all, for people who don't know who I am, um, I was quite prominent on Twitter when the COVID pandemic hit, and um, I've prided myself, I guess, seeing through propaganda and media spin and all that kind of thing, and almost made a mockery out of stuff. And um, just to backtrack, when the Russia-Ukraine thing hit, 
like a lot of people were seeking my opinion on things like that and I was like look I have no idea about you know the historical uh, you know the Crimea situation and all that kind of thing I, I could just I could kind of like see a lot of mockery in it and so there's obviously the the spread of memes and things like that whilst trying to like learn what the hell was happening um, and I guess my take on this situation is completely different I, I feel like it's a lot more serious um I've got some grave concerns I can see completely how it can kick off everywhere and we're seeing you know the hundreds of thousands of people in London for example today that uh, uh, the exact opposite opinion of what our prime ministers uh, come out and said they don't stand with Israel um and so yeah I'm a little bit wary of like what what is to come um I guess my first thought on it is a, a few years ago I made a pact with myself that whatever Hillary Clinton supports or says I do the exact opposite <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my first take on it um yeah so it's 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 completely different um to Russia Ukraine and I think we're only at the start of it sadly. We are and I've it's interesting because I've always had an extremely pro-Israel view probably from as a Christian in that biblical context um of Israel from Abraham on so 3,000 years of of that history uh of course that goes above and beyond what the specific governments are and watching what's happened over the three years uh has um has not made me question, but maybe pull back slightly because of the tyranny we've seen. Um, uh, and then we've seen, of course, the massive different opinion in those who have opposed the COVID narrative, the COVID tyranny, um, and a, a huge split with some of our previous guests being full-on supportive of Israel, go for it, some full-on supportive of as they call Palestine, which I'll put in inverted commas, uh, next door. So how do you see that? Because it's it seems, though, uh, again, each time something happens, there is a splitting of those who are standing up for freedom and against that tyranny, and this is just another example. Yeah, there have been a lot of maybe voices that people have looked to um, for the voice of reason, you know, specifically picking a side straight away, which, I mean, the reason I didn't and still haven't, I mean, do we have to, is because, you know, there's been so many historical events in the past where we've not been told the truth. And to, I mean, even at the beginning of all this, the the story of the all the babies and, and, and things like that, um, people instantly saw as true and, I'm of the opinion you take a step back, look at the bigger picture. Um, I mean, even like Piers Morgan, did you see that interview with the rapper Low Key? No, I missed it. No, I, I saw. I know. I, I saw about it, but hadn't watched it. Yeah, you, I mean, you must. I mean, Piers Morgan to me was portraying, you know, with being classic Piers Morgan. All he wanted from the interview was for the guy to condemn Hamas. And and from what I've seen, a lot of these pro-Israeli talking heads are forgetting or wanting everyone to forget the history of the the the, the conflicts like they never happened before October the seventh. And so that you know, from from my mindset, looking at that, going, well, that's you know, there's there's more to it than that, clearly, and they don't want that to be said. So 
yeah, so I'm looking at it at that, at that point of view, knowing that there's a lot of, you know, even religious, um, historical things where, you know, in the, in the future, you know, if you read the Bible, then a lot of this is kind of written in there, isn't it? Well, that is, um, yeah, that is an interesting conversation kind of about some of this with Naomi Wolf, which is going to be next week. Uh, but it was the, I think it's possible, and I've been surprised the people are they they're unable to have criticism of both sides um mm-hmm. they they say well you know if you criticize Hamas then you must be 100% for what the Israeli government are doing or if you criticize the Israeli government you must be 100% Hamas and it seems though uh, i mean i would very happily criticize Hamas as 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 an awful organization and feel sorry for the people in Gaza living under them. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I have to 100% agree with what Israel are doing. I think there's a nuance that I think often we're missing. Yeah, and also there's a lot of questions that are to be asked, like how was that allowed to happen when, you know, or why did it happen? Did they have prior intelligence? Whatever. And loads and loads of different questions that aren't public publicly being asked um and I, I guess as well the other thing is back to what we're saying about the russia and ukraine thing i've seen more bloodshed and horrific images in the last two weeks online than i have throughout the whole of that conflict so that's why i'm feeling a bit more nervous um and and the rest about it you yeah, completely what what uh, last thing before we go on and uh we're not here to give a, a minute by minute, and I think that's the danger. Sometimes you get sucked into that uh, a minute by minute account of what's happening now, and people get their their fix from that. But it's been intriguing watching not over in the US, uh, Biden having massive criticism uh, because of his support of Israel, and as you said, Charlotte, if if people like that support, then you want to do the opposite. But that's not necessarily always true. But then Stammer has had massive criticism in the UK as head of the Labour Party for his support. And it's interesting watching that, I guess, tug within different parties struggling to make sense of it and know what they actually should be saying. Yeah, I mean, he just does not know what to think because he's been placed there. He's part He's part of the system massively, uh, not just being a Serb, but he's on the Trilateral Commission and yep. all that kind of thing. But he, I, I saw that he, he backtracked on saying Israel have the right to defend themselves, saying he didn't say that. And similarly with Piers Morgan, when he was um, addressing the 80 beheaded babies, he then backtracked and said he, he didn't say that. Um, so, the, I mean, the, the issue here is propaganda, uh, which has obviously always been there and it's quite in full force. And if somebody hears Keir Starmer saying that the first time, um, then the retraction or the apology after is, you know, less less heard, you know, similarly with the 80 beheaded babies story. So, yeah, you know, facts are important and we're living in a, a misinformation time by design, I think, um, and nobody knows what to believe anymore. I saw a video the other day, I don't know if you saw it, that some um, lady who allegedly uh, died or was injured in one of the attacks a couple of weeks ago and then there was a video circulating of her promoting her business and apparently that was from years ago so no one knows when things are from never mind whether it's true or not so 
It's true because it is a, a military war, but it is an information war. And we've seen yeah. that over the last three years. Um, and it is extremely difficult to know what to trust, even when it comes from sources that have traditionally been maybe on a site we would believe. Um, yeah. Let's go on because this is another, this is <laughs> story on Calvin. And this again is from a source that maybe we would have accepted at one point. Uh, this is, Calvin Robinson or Deacon Calvin Robinson. Uh, and Calvin was GB News presenter. Of course, he was sacked. Uh, and this story in the Times, Calvin Robinson, the anti-woke cleric to reactionary for GB News. The Reverend Calvin Robinson, 37-year-old from Mansfield, is the right's most unlikely star. Last month, he was sacked from GB News, where he defended Lawrence Fox's notorious sexist attack on a female journalist. What next? For this controversial cleric, I I have never put controversial with Calvin. <laughs> um, what what are your? Because it, it's when you when you get to know people and you see stuff written about them. I initially that my first thought was this isn't the Calvin I know. It must be a different Calvin, completely different Calvin. What, what were your thoughts when you see when you saw this, Charlotte? Mixed, mixed thoughts. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on Calvin that much. I know, I, I think his intentions are good. Um, I know his, you know, the Christian word and I guess the traditional conservative word are taboo nowadays. Um, I know he caused, caused a lot of contra- controversy a few months ago when he uh, talked about his stance on homosexuality, which is completely taboo um now and so yeah i mean his take on the lawrence fox thing and his stands for supporting dan wotton and uh and lawrence was i guess his demise although you know he didn't completely um slag off gb news so i'm i'm questioning the reason that they dismissed him for that because it was quite popular um his angle has been attacked for months and months from the other side, if you will, as well. A lot of them call him a fake Christian or a, a, a fake vicar and, mm. and things like that. They just don't like his take on things. So it, it's inevitable there's going to be attacked. Um, personally, I didn't think it was ideal that he put a GoFundMe out the day that it all happened. And I think that, uh, that probably didn't do many favours, especially with a a trip to Disneyland, which I, get, I know he came out and said, or Disney World, and I know he came out and said that, that was already paid for, but it just, you know, it didn't, it wasn't very tasteful, in my opinion. No, it could be. And um, one of the lines in it was, um, uh, what was it? Uh, he, he was the reactionary rights most recognizable and incendiary new star. Also, it's weirdest. And um, <laughs> I I I guess weird because he he wanted to bring something different and that was in his clergy garb his uh, religious dress um but incendiary because I, I looked up an incendiary is a device designed to cause fires or tending to stir up conflict and although Calvin will say what he thinks I see him as a fairly meek character not aggressive not hmm. forceful and um, you never think of calvin as as in a sharding match so he's a gentle persona in that way and incendiary it, it, some of the terms i i just read and thought i don't you may disagree with him but he's not someone who is likely to stir up a conflict he's more likely probably to 
calm down the conflict with his, his measured words. Well, let's, let's not forget that these are the kind of people who love these race wars, for starters. And I think is half caste, isn't he? Um, white um, father, black mother. Yeah. yeah. And he's not playing the game and he hasn't played the game. He actually does the opposite of playing the game and talks out against how ridiculous it all is and how, how he disagrees with it. And so, you know, that's another um, loss on their side because it doesn't go with their narrative. So I think that was probably a massive part of that too and maybe why they would call it weird. It's true. Um, uh, I've never... Quirky, possibly in some ways, but <laughs> uh, weird is. But I guess, um, yeah, and, and I think whenever Calvin said... The, the, in the article it said Calvin gave him a number of hours invited him in, uh, seemed friendly. But uh, I think that often, as we've learned over the last three years, the journalists come with a story they want to write and facts are irrelevant. They will come and they will write the story they intended to write at yeah. the very beginning, irrelevant of what you do or how you engage with them. Think think how bizarre they must have found it that it quite often quoted Enoch Powell and things like that. That, it just, that would just blow their mind completely. So, yeah, weird. <laughs> Bonkers. Let's go. We A bill has passed in the UK, the online safety bill, or they call it online safety. Let's bring up this uh, for, read that this is, uh, the wording of this is from the official government statement from their website. Uh, so overwhelming <laughs> support. Uh, I think in brackets you put BS beside that, but anyway, for Online Safety Act as rules making UK the safest place in the world to be online become law. Raft of voices have thrown their support behind Act protecting children from online harm. Um, I'm I I I literally felt sick as I read this yeah. and other PR. Um, of course, this has become law. Um, what what are your what are your concerns about this? That at the government basically telling us what is allowed to be said and what is not. I have some massively mixed feelings on this because, I mean, first of all, it was called the Online Harms Bill, and then they've yeah. uh, tried to soften it, haven't they, and just make it like more appeasable, appeasing to the uh, to the public. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty four completely, and this is. It's it's a dangerous, it sets a dangerous precedent. I don't personally think that they're going to do anything with it just yet. I know we've obviously seen videos and heard stories of the thought police knocking at people's doors for uh, tweets they deem unacceptable. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I personally have experienced a, a lot of attacks and just trolls and people making things up about me where I think, oh, do you know what, if it was... Um, you know, against the law for them to do that, mm. then, you know, because it, it can cause harassment, well, it can cause distress, which it has done. Um, on the other side of things, the children angle, which is always going to be um, acceptable to the to the uh, nation, is because they, they've likely put a lot of things out there or allowed things to be out there in order for this to happen in the first place. Maybe that's just a conspiracy theory, but you, you just don't know, do you? It's it's very difficult, and and to think that this is because of the EU uh, launched their own bill, which is more or less the same as this. This has been, I think, five years in the making, over three hundred pages, and they 
the the massive concern I think is who or who arbitrates what is right and wrong, who decides, and it seems to be that anyone can decide because these social media companies are liable for 10% of their annual turnover, mm. global turnover, if anyone finds offence. So with us talking today, if anyone finds offence at something which we say, then the platforms that we are being streamed on, they're liable for 10% uh, fine of their annual turnover. And it's absolute arbitrary. There's no list of, you know, you can say this word and not that word. It's not even just about that, though, is it? It's about the fact, I mean, look at 2020. All this um, rules and, you know, arbitrary regulations being made and a lot of people are like, well, that does not make sense, you know. You could argue the, argue the toss with what they were saying. Um, and even now, like three years down the line, more and more things are coming out to say, well, that was a lot of rubbish anyway. And the to, to even have the opportunity to question and doubt that may or may not be a a thing I think again I say it's going to be a lot of years down the line and if you think it could tie into a a social credit system then absolutely and I don't think the regular police are going to um, monitor that I think AI probably could. That's true that is uh, opens up the door and um, thank God that Rishi Sunak, our Prime Minister, told us how great AI is going to be and how we're going to provide the what the the World Safety AI Institute is going to be based here. So don't worry, Rishi Sunak, the British Prime Minister, will look after all of you and protect yeah. you and keep you safe, just like Boris did. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, but where, because um, again, there is a number of websites, a number of. Uh, organizations said they'll have to pull out of the UK as it said out of out of Europe um because they can't uh, uh, expose themselves to that level of fine um and I know that that Twitter have talked about having to pull out completely of Europe and then you've got telegram you've got uh, Facebook mm. um you've got a number Wikipedia um I mean what will it do on conversation on that freedom of speech because i mean i miss the wild west days of the internet really <laughs> yeah i mean they even talk was it about two or three years ago when they were saying like that banning memes completely that mm. was um to do to do well probably leading up to this and i think memes i think i've said to you before have been um you know quite the something that's made us at ease with all this uh crap going on in the world um so yeah i mean people are definitely uh, restricting and centering themselves in in some ways. Anyway, I know uh, myself. Like I know I've got more followers on Twitter than maybe you know two years ago, and I feel myself sometimes censoring censoring what I put. Believe it or not, uh, thinking I've got like some sort of responsibility, and you and you do. Um, so yeah, it's I can't believe it's got this far. Um, and I thought there'd be more outrage and maybe we should have done a bit more to protest against this, knowing it was uh, it was coming. And I guess we didn't really, and I'm, I'm responsible for that myself. Um, mm. So, yeah, like I say, just see what happens. It's going to... It's This hate speech umbrella is dangerous too because, you know, who, like you said, who deems what hate speech is? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, let me just for just one thing for us, let me just bring up uh, our 
website and just let people know uh, everything is available there. Uh, we have our list of issues there. We have a list of guests uh, that we've had on regularly. Um, Connect tells you how you can uh, look at all the social media platforms we're on and how you connect to us via web form, email. Uh, we've got the shop. You can buy T-shirts there, all the videos, a whole list of them, and the donate page. Thank you so much to those of you who donate on a monthly or those five, ten pounds uh, donations help us do what we do and also uh, those of you who buy t-shirts thank you so much for supporting us so i just want to take a little commercial break there i will jump back in with the uh conservative party uh conservative is um a one way you could describe it um and as i bring up this as i find it it's on uh crispin blunt and this is a conservative again inverted commas uh mp and he has been a well uh, the accusation he's been a naughty naughty boy uh let me bring up uh here it is and my usual producer is not with me because he's away all for the weekend that's my older boy you that, that's why I'm doing it myself. That's why I'm looking around. And it looks like I'm not focusing on Charlotte listening to her. And I am. So, so this MP, Crispin Blunt, arrested on suspicion of rape. And of course, it must be true because the BBC have covered it. Um, I get so many quotes. talked about online safety bill, about protecting people online. I'm wondering if people need protected from MP. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Crispin Blunt is a, is a well-known figure. Um, I would say for all the wrong reasons. Um, and of course, this we've seen other stories like this. What are your thoughts when things like this happen, Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, look, we know that there's a lot of sordid goings on in Parliament, historically and presently, for sure. Um, and it could very, very well be true. Um, it, it didn't give us enough time to do a do a, a wild goose chase on, online with speculation. It came out and, and uh, said within about an hour. Um, so, yeah, good on him in a way. And there was the, the Peter Bone uh, scandal still ongoing from the previous week. Um, the other thing is, Labour at the moment have a lot of radical activists, um, namely characters such as Marina Perkis and Carol Vorderman, who switched sides and has a lot to say in capital letters quite often. She does. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, look, it, it happens uh, across the pond as well. Look at Brett Kavanaugh and, um, you know, Donald Trump even, if you want to go there before, during and after his presidency, just people are out to get them, whether it's true or not. And so, yeah, this is another one we'll have to watch to play out because, I mean, it's highly likely and highly probable, in my opinion, but there are, um, like I said, people out to get them. And, yeah, he came out and talked about it was extortion. Um, and also he's been not only allegation of rape, uh, but also drug use. I think he's mm. he's talked about that before. Um, it's not probably not the best mix having a highly sexualized environment, uh, drug taking, and then they're supposed to actually decide how the country is run. It's probably, make, it kind of makes sense now how it's we're in such a, uh, well, such a shithole, really, I was going to say. <laughs> um, but this probably explains it, having these people actually leading us. It's no wonder 
Well, well, let's not forget, um, if we're going to go down this route, that, you know, what Jeffrey Epstein was all about, for example. And I don't think Jeffrey Epstein was a, a lone wolf in that game, nor was uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm. Um, I think once you get to a, a certain position, they've got some shit on you. Um, and whether it's your time now to be exposed or not, we can't forget that that's a, a definitely an element of it. Yeah, no, completely. Let's go on to something uh, completely different, and that is men thinking they're women. Uh, I, I don't think Crispin has gone that direction yet, but I mean, who knows? It's, uh, <laughs> next week it could bring something else. I don't know. Uh, this is, it was just, I, I love this headline. Um, Trans age is the next new thing. Uh, Riley, <laughs> Riley Gaines, who the, was a swimmer, has spoken out about men competing in women's races. Um, but Riley Gaines reacts to swimming competition, allowing a 50-year-old transgender swimmer to compete with teenage girls. And I first saw this, I think Rebel News had put this out. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of words to use for you this. Know, there are no words. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, tell us something. About, but it's, I mean... When women have fought for equal rights in many areas of society, and that was not afforded to women in prior generations, and then a man says, oh, by the way, I'm not a lady, um, it is full-on Little Britain, isn't it? It's so much more than that. Like, this this is where we're at. You know, this is what happens when you pander to minorities that may or may not need some sort of psychological intervention before um, coming out the front door on a, on a daily basis. This is why we've got kids identifying as cats and teachers not being, having the, you know, the, the gumption to be able to stop it in its tracks. The fact is, with this story, and I've not seen it before, he sent it to me, is that this guy, dressed as a woman or whatever you want to do in a bikini before exactly. he goes, is, is a... Is fifty years old, and he thinks he's got the um, the status to be able to compete against some teenage girls. So it says on the article that the parents were outraged, and obviously rightly so. Yet, they, what they still let them compete against this guy? They need to, you know, maximise their voices and pull the kids out of the, the competition completely to make a stand because. It's it's trans age. I've seen it. You've seen all them bloody men dressed as babies with dummies in their mouths and diapers on on yeah. libs of TikTok and Twitter and things like that. That is, you know, this is what we're allowing to happen. And no, there's no, you know, there's going to be. Uh, I saw something to do with make asexual um, part of a legislation and things like that. They want, they want rights to be able to identify as what they're not, and it's just cause a massive, massive um, opening for people, in my opinion, with mental health issues to be able to do this kind of thing. Do you remember back in the day where people used to get help with their issues and now they're encouraged? And this is uh, Nicholas, a.k.a. Melody. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Yeah. But in, what? why does he want to be there? Why does he want to do that? Why do men dressed as women want to read uh, dress provocat provocatively to little kids in a library. It's just you've got to question that before you allow it to happen. I know. And back in the day, alarm bells would have rung if a 50 year old bloke wanted to go swimming with 13 year old girls. Um, I mean, I, it's full on 
sorry, different round, full on Father Jack from Father Ted. Uh-huh. That's just like, this is pervy. And yet it's silence. And it's the parents that then are suddenly extremely fearful that their children are now put at risk and no one seems to care. And yeah. it's, a, it's a frightening situation that parents find themselves in that. And then they get to undress in the changing rooms afterwards and before. Um, so, yeah, obviously, there should be massive question marks from every single person in the world, especially your liberal lovies who um, kind of con- condone and, and also allow it. So they're, they're the issue. Yeah. Let's move on to some COVID. And this was um, Darren Denslow actually put this up, the wonderful Darren, um, uh, we've had on before. And it was this Pfizer uh, document. We're seeing this more and more. Um, uh, so we've just put up the text. I'm just saying it was it was Darren's tweet that I first saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and this talks about the, uh, it's an extract from the South Africa COVID-19 vaccine contract from 2020. We're seeing some of these come out, some of them heavily redacted. Um, and it is highlighted in that bit underneath purchaser acknowledgement. Purchaser acknowledges that the vaccine materials related to the vaccine and their components and constituents of materials are being rapidly developed due to the emergency circumstance of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and that purchaser further acknowledges that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse <laughs> effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. Um, further to the extent applicable, fi- uh, purchaser acknowledges the product shall not be serialized. I assume that's so it cannot be tracked. Um, but Charlotte, we've seen this again and again, and it, it was it was COVID that you were so vocal about. Um, and that's uh, certainly how you came to our attention, my attention. Uh, but we're seeing this again and again. This is coming out, and yet no one seems to care. So what, what are your thoughts when this information, which we we knew was going to come out because of the research that we have done. It comes out in the public eye. Um, what what are your thoughts as you read this? They didn't want it to come out for 80 years, did they? So uh, we're very, very lucky and blessed to be able to see this within uh, such a short period of time. Mm. I guess in, in hindsight, going back to my comments around media spin and um, propaganda, it was all these talking heads that were promoting this um, vaccine in inverted commas as though it had been uh, gone through all the tests and it was able to prevent transmission if it exists at all, wink. Um, but as a fact, and there's no turning around from the fact that that is what was said and that is what would influence people to go and get it in the first place and so you know this is not surprising and it's all the things that they're showing us now are what the everyday person should have questioned in the first place um, regardless of what was said on tv or by the politicians and things like that so you're right it's not something that's uh, being broadcast everywhere and it's not something that will. It's just something that's been let uh, slightly out that somebody's picked up on. But we are now kind of living in an era where, you know, some people are witnessing heart attacks, deaths, you name it, who are triple jabbed, whatever, and spoke, you know, loudly about being pro-vaccine without even considering these things. And you're not going to see, sadly, 
them say, oh, yeah, you were right, everybody. I mean, we're getting the odd person. I don't know about, about you, but the, the odd person and uh, a bit of remorse on their part. But it's something that they're going to kind of have to live with um, without, you know, because of pride mainly. It is pride, and and this has been we've next week we've got Robert Malone Monday and Naomi Will Thursday, um, and we touch on the adulteration on on the changes and what was in them, um, and you kind of wonder at at what point the dam breaks because more and more information has been drip fed out, uh, the media are slowly backtracking. Uh, what does it? Uh, James Dellingpole says it's the great um, the great reveal where yeah. slowly we're getting more and more information. Um, and you kind of hope that at some point th- that dam breaks, and yet I actually don't know. That's, it's not inevitable. Yeah, what does that look like, though? Like, that, that is just, you know, people going crazy, going, ah! Um, and realising that, I mean, because the thing is, look, we've got, we've got 5th of November coming up, Guy Fawkes, everyone in the... Uh, country celebrating it in some way or form um but the concept of that is very very much um not really thought of in terms of what we're going through now and so you know i, I remember having many a conversation over the years and people even pcs of this world going yeah well everyone knows the government's lie to you and or politicians lie i'm like yeah and but they don't think that it'll ever implicate them um and this is exactly why it does uh so when once everyone sees what we see then uh it could be a better place or could it be just chaos yeah i agree um some people are adamant that oh it's all going to come out and everything and i i, I don't know um <laughs> kind of watched the last three years and nothing is inevitable the truth can be withheld indefinitely uh, yeah. by these organizations yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people and some some quite popular people who even think it, uh, it's all going to come out, and we're going to find out within the next year what's uh, going on in Antarctica uh, and all that. And personally, I think that's all brilliant. And but again, what what would happen if everything was revealed that mm. is hidden? And there's quite a lot of things uh, that are. I don't think it'll be some sort of um, my Little Pony, everyone smiling with Candy Floss world. It'll be probably even more chaotic than what we see now. Yeah, 100%. Following on from this, and you'd put this up, a picture, and I'd actually seen this in the, um, <laughs> I think it was last Sunday papers, uh, and this is brave final photo of Manchester United and England icon revealed. Um, um, and this is uh, one of the great footballers from 1966 from the England uh, World Cup team uh, Jackie um, oh is it Bobby or Jackie so I always get the mix <laughs> up Charlton so the, the great Charlton brothers uh, and of course we see this brave picture of him being injected with something supposedly um, and this was the mayor you say extremely odd or not article for the mayor to run with here not to mention the caption brave and allegedly doesn't hurt and only takes a few seconds Um why why did you post the picture, Charlotte? Well, first, well, first of all, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, have uh, done a new feature which I thought was actually an error, but they've not rectified it. Where if you post a link to an article, uh, it doesn't actually show the link; it just shows the picture. 
So the if you click on it, it is a, it is a link, which yeah. is very annoying. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I take massive exception to every single person who is high profile or a celebrity or whatever you want uh, being pictured taking the, the vaccine because the only reason for it was either look at me, I'm taking the vaccine, aren't I great? Or trying to encourage every single person who sees it to take it. Um, however, I didn't, didn't know until uh, he died that he was he was suffering from dementia, uh, which gives it a, a whole different spin for me, mm. where if he was suffering from dementia and he'd taken the jab, it, there was no informed consent there. Um, and I also, one of the, my main things is that people, especially older people who were taking this, are likely on a concoction of medication and no one knew how it was going to react with it or they did you know um so i guess i'm not suggesting by that post by any stretch that he died of it however the fact that the mirror newspaper had published that picture with that headline maybe two days after i don't think it was instantly um were either trying to imply something or trying to get people to speculate and so that was my take on that yeah, I I read it because one of the uh, one of the, I think still one of the joys of life is getting a Sunday paper and sitting with a coffee and reading oh, it. Oh, do you? I do. Yeah. I, no, but I, I, I but I used to consume it as a factual uh, piece of information, and now I consume it. And I wonder why that story's there. I wonder why they've put that picture. So when I read, I thought, wow. That's strange picture. Okay, this is what they're going with on this. So you read it differently. You don't. Yeah. And and I think it's it's quite helpful to go through and to actually physically go through a paper to scan through it. It's like when I'm getting the tube, I'll grab a metro because I want to see what they're putting in it and why. And it's not because that's the truth. It's this is the PR that's been put out. So you see it quite differently. And why they're pushing it for free on the metro as well. So yeah, yeah. that makes it completely. Yeah, I get that. And even sometimes now and then um, I will put on the TV. Oh. Um, but see it knowing that I can't be, you know, swayed or if you want brainwashed by it. I'm just looking at it and that's what you're saying to people, you know. Uh, again, these talking heads, they fascinate me because um, it's just, it's complete uh, propaganda and uh, brainwashing. Completely. And let's finish with one of the masters of propaganda. And this is uh, Matt Hancock, who was the UK's health minister, uh, who told everyone that it was for their own good. They should be jab, jab, jab. Um, but now he is complaining. And Mr. Hancock complained that ministers are the target of judicial review. And this is exclusive to the Daily Mirror. Matt Hancock tells lawyers he wants immunity on care home deaths during COVID pandemic. He said he should not be the target of judicial reviews over his department's failure to safeguard care home residents simply because he is Secretary of State. So, Charlotte, it was it was nothing to do with him. It wasn't his fault. I think he was just following orders, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He's certainly a figurehead for, for this. He, I don't think he make, made any decisions whatsoever. Um, and I guess that you've got to look at, again, across the pond, at Andrew Cuomo, uh, Governor of New York at the time, who made the, the exact same decisions. 
Um, we're also living in a, a world where the general public who aren't conspiracy minded, uh, such as ourselves, and you know, uh, tagging with the name Medazalam Matt, are looking at him thinking that guy was irresponsible and everybody who died in the care homes died of COVID because they caught stuff each other or, or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, there's two angles to put it there. Looking at uh, post pandemic Matt Hancock. He is just the ultimate troll as well. It's a, it, it clearly has got a PR company that, mm. that put him forward for um, celebrity, which I know for a fact works because I've got relatives who are going, oh, I voted for him three or four times in the bar. Like, do you not know me at all? Anyway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then obviously what's go- what he's going through now. And, and also he's got his own TikTok account, which I think attracts teenagers and you you name it it's like some sort of bumbling innocent fool mocking you know anti-vaxxers and and things like that so yeah I mean I'm not surprised that, that that's a, that's the case but is, is there more more to it I, I don't know will he get immunity and why does he want immunity and I think the government have have got immunity because the courts refuse to do anything. And we at the COVID inquiry with Abby outside the COVID inquiry and they wanted to arrest her for swearing rather than arresting those who have condemned many people uh, to death. And the care home is that whole situation is one of the most evil that we've seen whenever you're uh, playing with people's lives who, as we mentioned with Bobby Charlton, maybe have dementia, therefore cannot make the decisions freely uh, that it's utterly despicable, and if there's anyone who deserves uh, to be locked away for life, um, if maybe something worse, then it is Matt Hancock. Um, and it, I, I, sadly, I don't think these people are ever going to be held to account. I'm still massively of the, of the opinion, or it's not even an opinion. You know, we had Partygate. Uh, there were videos of Matt Hancock ripping his mask off before walking into 10 Downing Street. I found a video yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, I posted it on Twitter, I posted it two years ago, and uh, Boris Johnson was getting grilled as to, did you see that? As to yep, why, yep. as to why, if he was enforcing these policies, such as a mask mandate, uh, that he wasn't wearing a mask stood next to 95-year-old David Attenborough. Mm. So the, the reason for that, and in my opinion, is a fact that they didn't believe there's anything to be frightened of. So if they if they didn't believe anything was to be there was anything to be frightened of, then none of this should have existed in the first place, especially the care home situation. Yeah, completely. Let, let's let's finish off with um, someone else who was uh, right, and you mentioned Boris. Uh, let's pray. Uh, you and well done, Charlotte, for finding this picture. You you did actually spot Boris going to his new <laughs> job at GB News earlier today. And and this is it. <laughs> this is Boris Johnson going to, or maybe not. And um, this new, let's finish off with this, um, not necessarily discussing his backside, but this new, this story that he is uh, going to be on GB News. Obviously, he's in, I think, the Daily Mail. He may also still write for the Telegraph. That brings in money. Um, uh, he's uh, gotten expensive wife. They've got expensive travel. They've got all over that. And now he's taken on GB News, which has collapsed in in my estimation. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, 
I mean, I, I never got over uh, Neil Oliver is probably the last person of real common sense. Nigel comes out with some stuff on the immigration side, mm. uh, which is good, but Neil Oliver across the board. But after Mark Stein, I think none of us really trusted um, what GB News put out. Boris going there, uh, it, will that persuade you to watch it or not? I think it'll persuade everyone to watch it, whether you're on the side or not. I think it's probably a very tactically yeah. great move all round. TV for me, um, and again, I try and watch as little as possible. I kind of like watch things that I don't like just to probably round myself up. <laughs> and uh, I know a lot of people in that thing. So, for example, um, sometimes if I watch a panel show, it's because someone really grates on me and I really want to just see what, what nonsense they're putting out. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised by this move at all. His, his dad's on there regularly spout, spouting his shit. Mm. Um, and it's just obviously now clearer than day that it's a pro-Tory channel. You've got Esther McVeigh and her husband on there. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, I believe, gets a ridiculous amount of um, in wages. Uh, and then, yeah, so it's not a surprise. Um, I, interesting. I, I think I think Mogg's on 300. Thought. What I read was Lee Anderson, who's the chairman yeah. Of the Tory party is on a hundred thousand. Uh, Jacob Priest Mogg's on three hundred thousand. Um, but then you go up, I think Dan Wooten I'd read was on five or six hundred thousand. I'm sure Boris will be up there even higher. Mm. Um, but of course, they, they pay money to uh attract the people, but um, they since Mark Stein went that that debate, that discussion of the the evil of vaccine harms is yeah. something that actually isn't oh we don't need to discuss that because we can discuss something else and and the whole um focus on ukraine and um, what's happening there or the anti-russia all that kind of it doesn't sit right with a lot of us no it doesn't it doesn't and i guess what i've seen over the last few months or specifically since um boris wasn't pm anymore is a lot of pro boris chat on their part um I'm not saying that that was you know leading up to everyone for the audience to be softened from um starting with them um but it's still loved i think by a lot of people especially uh the conservatives and it's a case of probably you know incompetence and and the things that was actually implemented under his head um forgotten about yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Um, we'll, we'll leave it on that, and I still have the picture of Boris's bum on my other screen. So <laughs> I need to um, Charlotte, always good having you on, and I know you're... Have you got any Twitter spaces coming up soon? Uh, I think me and David Vance have got a... We were supposed to have an Israel one, but something uh, happened. But I think maybe more a light-hearted one coming up that we might uh, come up with, because we need to smile, don't we? How often are you on? Is that like once a month? Or is it more often? Is when, when it irregular? When something topical comes up, we'll send each other a message saying, should we do it? Should we do a space? Well, so I think I think we were... Uh, is that know, not like every day? Well, there is, isn't there, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we were lucky, lucky enough to be the first people who had Lawrence Fox uh, on after his second. So <laughs> whether that's a notable thing to put on the, on the CV, I don't know. It's true. I remember that. Well, make sure for the viewers and listeners to follow Charlotte on Twitter and then you will see those upcoming Twitter spaces uh, with David Vance. And I, I, I listened to that one uh, when you had Loza on. Um, Charlotte, always appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. 
Thank you for having me. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.